The following program was made possible by the generosity of those who have determined to hold fast to the true Roman Catholic religion, as expounded by the Roman Catholic Church before the disasters of Vatican II and under the so-called New Mass. Welcome to another live edition of What Catholics Believe. I'm your host, Thomas Nagley, and with me tonight is Father William Jenkins. He is a traditional Catholic priest, member of the Society of St. Pius V, and he's also the pastor of Immaculate Conception Church right here in Norwood, Ohio. Father, how are you? Very fine, Tom. Thank you. Yourself? Great, Father. Good to see you. You too. It's great to be here. Father, uh, several things on the agenda tonight. Uh, first, I wanted to ask about the uh, the exemption letters. I know you have been uh, sending out a lot of these. We've been getting a lot of requests for these in regards to the vaccine mandates and um, whether it be a, a workplace or, or schools or universities. Um, but uh, Father, are you uh, do you continue to receive uh, requests for these vaccine exemption forms, and uh, are you finding that they are successful, or what's your experience? Been well, I, I do continue to receive requests, especially since President Biden's uh, uh, mandate um, for, well, he says, affecting 80 million, potentially 100 million American people uh, by his imperial edict, right? Totally unconstitutional, apparently, uh, evidently. So, in any case, uh, yes, I am getting requests, and uh, of course, uh, the witch doctor, uh, Fauci, has uh, said we need many more mandates. Yes. So, I expect to get many more requests from people who uh, really have uh, genuine, and what they call sincerely held religious beliefs, uh, contrary to these mandates, which forbid them. Um, so, uh, you know, insofar as I can testify to the sincerity of religious beliefs of good people, I will issue letters to those whom I, I know actually hold the religious principles that would make receiving such, uh, vaccines, uh, immoral and contrary to their religious principles. Okay. Good job. Well, Father, we, uh, we received a request for you to comment on the, um, on a, a letter that was put out by uh, an SSPX district superior, and he uh, he talked about the vaccines, I guess vaccines in general, but in particular the uh, coronavirus mm -hmm. vaccine. And um, I believe you had a chance to at least uh, very briefly read through some of this letter, Father. One of our, um, actually several of our viewers wanted to get your, your reaction to this letter. Um, I can, we can post the link for our, for our viewers uh, to read through some of this, but... Um, just in a, a, if I could just provide a, a sampling of it, uh, Father, perhaps sum it up. They give several different um, uh, theoretical uh, vaccine um, situations, and they say, uh, I guess after a, a long and, I guess, uh, kind of attempt at explaining the morality behind all of these different situations, they say that uh, one may do well to consult a wise priest. <laughs> um, so, Father, just in, in reading through this, what was your initial um, reaction to this? My initial reaction was that it was not adequate. And I think for many people, it simply wouldn't address the real problem. But that's my own initial reaction. Yeah. 
Uh, I think the uh, article is written by Father Sherry. Is am I correct in that? Um, and see, um, yes, David Sherry. And I don't know him, um, but I I thought um, I mean much much of what he wrote there I would agree with. Okay, but I didn't think it really answered the questions that most people would have. He uh, finally uh, raises the question about whether uh, formal cooperation in, an, let's say, in, in an evil act producing, mm -hmm. to produce these vaccine, vaccines, such as, uh, as is the case with these so-called vaccines, the uh, using aborted fetal cells, whether the uh, formal, formal approval of that and formal cooperation with that would be moral. And he says no. Because formal cooperation would indicate an approval of the of the abortions, mm -hmm. but he talked about material cooperation and said that that could be justified. Um, and uh, without getting into all of that question of material justification, uh, the people I'm hearing from uh, actually uh, don't even fall into that category. They don't even consider it merely material cooperation. They consider it formal cooperation insofar as taking the vaccines is actually endorsing the entire product, including uh, in its origins. It's endorsing the whole process, as it were, and actually is encouraging the continued abortion of children and using their cells to produce these vaccines. And they, they, they say that this, therefore, lends itself uh, and, and as basically formal cooperation for the evil. So I, I don't think it really, uh, I don't think Brother Sherry's arguments with regard to material cooperation really uh, apply, at least not to the people I'm hearing from anyway. They, they regard it as formal cooperation insofar as they believe that they are actually contributing to the evil. So, Father, as traditional Catholics, is the abortion issue, is that the, the one thing that we point to and say this is why we are against the vaccines. I mean, um, even outside of, of the abortion issue, there's also just the, the general um, the general health concerns. Um, well, there are two moral questions. There are actually two somewhat independent moral questions that are both matters of religious belief. <laughs> there's the question of the origin of these, again, I call them so-called vaccines because <clears throat> they are vaccines only in a very general sense of the term, not in, not in the strict sense of the term, okay? Which, uh, you know, medically one could discuss that, but we're not here to do that. Um, but in any case, they're, they're vaccines only in a very broad sense. And um, some, would, some would say they shouldn't even be called vaccines at all, because, uh, you know, they, they, but essentially makes a vaccine a vaccine is not true of these things that they say. But, you know, I'm not confident to uh, really address that question. But uh, nonetheless, um, there is a question of their origins uh, that the, the um, what should I call them? I, I, in one place I call them the magic potions, okay? They're supposed to um, make big bad COVID go away uh, and enable us to uh, live again, right? Live normal lives again, according to Fauci, okay, at one point. Um, so, um, there is the origins of the magic potion, that it was taken from the cells of aborted children. And then there's the question of the testing, okay, the testing 
uses uh, the cells of aborted fetuses for the tests of these, the magic potion. Okay, and that is one moral question: whether going ahead and availing oneself of such a vaccine, so-called, would be moral or not, um, considering the evil of their origins in testing. As I say, there are people who, no amount of rhetoric, are going to be dissuaded. Uh, no amount of rhetoric will dissuade them from, from just the sense that they are, their conviction that they are contributing to the evil uh, at its very root, and encouraging it. And uh, there's the other moral question about this, the Fifth Commandment. The Fifth Commandment, thou shalt not kill, requires you to, well, love your neighbor as yourself. It means that you should uh, not only respect your neighbor's integrity of body and soul, uh, not injure another person uh, materially or spiritually, but it starts with oneself. One has an obligation to oneself. In fact, there are different kinds of uh, sides. There is the uh, you know, homicide and uh, fratricide, the killing of one's brother, and parricide, the killing of one's parents. Uh, the, the worst uh, feticide, killing of a, of, a, of a child right in the womb, the worst of all of these asides is suicide, killing oneself, because one has an obligation to love oneself insofar as God created him or her, and they have an obligation to appreciate that life that God has given them. So um, that is as, about as natural as one can get, you know, to try to preserve one's life and not to take it. So um, that being the case, Obviously, the church would teach that taking any magic potion that one deemed would be a great risk of doing serious harm would be sinful. You know, the church has taught this from the very beginning. I mean, it, taking any actions that would be risky uh, without some serious, serious need uh, to do so would be sinful and could very well be mortally sinful. Um, you know, we see people who risk their lives every day uh, doing service things. I mean, you know, think about the military service, you think about the uh, uh, law enforcement, you think about um, firefighters, and think about medical personnel who expose themselves to danger routinely. And it's actually part of the job description. And their, their you know, avocations are, are necessary for the running of a, a well-ordered society. Right? Uh, because there are physical evils that threaten us, and there are moral evils from criminal activity. And we need people who are willing to put themselves at risk to uh, protect the innocent. And that would mean that they wouldn't be committing sins by entering into um, dangerous situations. Um, in the service of others, we just uh, had 9-11, right? September 11th. Commemoration go by. And they, we were reminded that so many of our firefighters and our um, law enforcement personnel ran to the Twin Towers, and they ran right into the jaws of danger. Many of them perished there, and others who didn't perish there suffered with the consequences the rest of their lives. Some are still suffering those consequences. Were they sinning by doing that? No, they were doing their job. It was a very selfless job that they did to put themselves in danger to try to rescue others. Now, as far as taking a vaccine, um, even if one could get past the the initial question of whether it's intrinsically evil because of its involvement with abortion, one still has to ask the question, is it harmful? 
What risks am I taking? I mean, there is a vaccine uh, adverse event reporting system <laughs> for uh, here in America. The Europeans have their own system for reporting. Um, you know, the adverse events that happen after people receive the vaccinations and those adverse events are numbering into the literally hundreds of thousands of adverse events and some of them, so many deaths, so many hospitalizations for very serious uh, consequences, uh, debilitating consequences, you know. So, um, I mean, that, that this is legitimate reporting uh, to the CDC um, but again, uh, what is reported um, is, as they say, actually, some reputable um, uh, review boards in the past have said that what's reported is only 10% or perhaps only even 1% of, of the actual instance of adverse events. And if that's the case, we're talking about not only hundreds of thousands, we're talking about millions, if that's the case. And there are those uh, serious voices who say that is the case. So, uh, you know, one who realizes that uh, the Fifth Commandment binds us all in conscience. And this is uh, actually an essential part of our religious belief, right? The, the Ten Commandments of God. Um, then to expose oneself to a danger with, for what? For what? Because the government is threatening, threatening you. If you don't take it, that uh, you're going to be subject to social stigma and uh, possibly even, uh, you know, punishing you by uh, demanding that you be fired, right, for your job and uh, possibly herded off a bayonet point to a camp. Uh, as is coming, if we don't, you know, if we allow this to stand, then there. We've taken away any basis we have for opposing anything anymore. We just keep yielding and yielding. Eventually, we have no leg to stand on to oppose anything um, and to prevent anything from happening. So uh, there's a certain point when you just have to say, no, I will not. You know, non possum, I cannot do it. Uh, regardless, and everyone has to kind of link arms, stand together and say that together. You know, who was it among the founding fathers who said, we must hang together or surely we shall all hang separately, right? And um, that's the spirit we have to have right now, you know, we're going to stick together in this. Now, um, some people are, are expressing their concern about why there is such a seemingly insane, some say criminally insane effort to get everyone injected with these vaccinations, so-called. And uh, I actually think that there are those who have the best explanation. You know, that when they were so-called testing these so-called vaccines, they did away with the controls. They did away with the control samples. So you couldn't see what happened to the control that did not receive the vaccine. So there's nothing to compare it with. You know, in any experiment, they have to have a control, right? And uh, the story is, and I think there's something to it, that uh, these vaccines, so-called, you know, uh, are so vicious, so, so toxic, that the only way to mask that or hide that, uh, the damage that these vaccines are doing, is by doing away with the control population.
and the control population consists of those who are not vaccinated. So those who are not vaccinated represent a very serious danger to uh, the entire uh, vaccination machine. Right? Uh, the pharmaceutical companies that are producing it, all of the government agencies that are pushing it, um, because the fact that the, the control population still exists and still living enables them down the road to gauge the long-term effects of the, of, the, uh, of the magic potion. And uh, it will be shown there uh, on a grand scale how damaging these magic elixirs really are. When, as is predicted, those who took the vaccines will die of other things and die earlier of things that otherwise would not have killed them. Uh, because their immune systems have been have been compromised, <laughs> they're they're susceptible to other things. Uh, but this will take place, they say, over time. And uh, so the only way to mask that is by making sure that everyone gets vaccinated. So there is no control population to see what happens to the people who were not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Father. If this uh, so-called vaccine is really as deadly as it, as it appears to be, why would our leaders force this on us? Why would they impose this on us? Why would doctors who, who spend their lives helping people and treating people, why would doctors be administering this vaccine if it's really Yeah, so I think deadly? that's the hardest part, Tom. I, I mean, why our so-called leaders would do so? I mean, I'll give you my own personal opinion. I think they're all bought off by the Chinese communists. I think the Communist Chinese are the world's greatest masters of subversion and perversion. I think, I think they've taken the, uh, the battle plan that was outlined in the Masonic Lodges of, uh, you know, universal perversion of society, especially to do away with uh, Catholic society, true Christian society, because they found that as an obstacle to their socialism and their, what was to be their Marxism. Uh, Marxist socialism, um, and they, they found that they had to fight that culture war, that um, uh, march, slow march through the institutions of uh, Christian society to de-Christianize them in order to pave the way for a universal um, uh, one-world government uh, under the, uh, just the control of an oligarchy. In this case, a plutarchy of, of the super-rich. But I, I think we see a kind of a coalition here. You know, when our Lord um, was being opposed by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and so on, they would take their turns confronting him and trying to battle him uh, publicly with argument, uh, accusing him of this or that and the other thing. But finally, after three and a half years, of our, three years of our public, Lord's public life, uh, all of these forces, which basically, really, literally hated each other, uh, came together because they all decided they had a, had a common hatred of him. And they all had a common fear of him. He, he was a threat to their power. So they all came together. I mean, the Pharisees hated the Sadducees. The Sadducees hated the Pharisees. Um, the publicans hated the, the uh, zealots. The zealots hated the publicans. Um, but they all managed to um, 
you know, stop uh, battling each other to get to get together to determine how they were going to destroy our Lord. And uh, we see in the gospel that 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 all came, the forces all came together, and they hatched the plot, of course, to have to accuse him to Rome. That he was not only a threat to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and so on, but that he was a uh, challenging the power of Caesar. Right? And we know what happened. Well, we see today all of these various forces coming together again, and that's very ominous to see all these different dis disparate forces uh, coming together and uniting us with one voice to yell, crucify him, crucify him. And their idea is that they want to recreate the world without Christ. Uh, Voltaire said it you know, back in 1600, um, we have to make the very memory of Christ, Jesus Christ, and of the Catholic Church disappear. We have to expunge the very memory of it from the world because let's face it voltaire had great faith that even if the memory of christ remains in the world and the church and the faith in christ remains in the world that faith that church will rise from the dead so that's great faith you know considering uh you might say that voltaire might have had greater faith than many even Catholics today, even some traditional Catholics who get kind of nervous when they see what's happening and say, oh, the situation is hopeless. Voltaire said, look, you have to destroy the very memory of Christ in the world or it will rise from the dead. Um, and uh, actually, we know that they can't destroy the memory of our Lord, his faith or his church. They can't do that. We know that. Uh, but we know they can hard press the church on every side. We, we know that uh, even as Christ could be taken prisoner and bound, right? We know the church can be. The church can be bound. We know that as Christ could be could be beaten and accused of blasphemy, right? For being the son of man and the son of God. Uh, so can the church. The church can be crowned with thorns. The church can be scourged at the pillar. The church can be vilified by all manner of betrayals and uh, blasphemies and sacrileges, just as our Lord was. And finally, you know, the church can be loaded with a cross and driven to Calvary and crucified there and even appear to die and be buried. But again, you know, it will rise. It will rise. There's a power, power of God within it to rise. So we have to have that faith. But uh, I, I do think that there are just godless men who come together here who say, well, we've killed God, Allah Nietzsche, and so we need a God. So we're the billionaires. We should get together and we should be the gods of society. We are the elite. We are the supermensch. We are the supermen, the ubermensch of Nietzsche. And we can recreate mankind in our own image and likeness. And we see how they are setting about doing that. Um, and people are blaming um, Joseph Biden for so much. Is he responsible? Well, yeah, he's been a politician for 50 years, so we can't excuse him. But when I know this seems irreverent, I mentioned it before, and uh, but I don't mean this in a um, insulting way, but I think he's being used as a dummy by ventriloquists who are manipulating their hand. They have his hand in it. He's kind of hollow. 
and they have their hand in him, moving his expressions and everything. Sometimes he's even reading his instructions, you know, before the camera. Well, I'm supposed to go here. I'm not supposed to say this. I'm not supposed to ask that question. I'm supposed to ask somebody else this question. He goes right on and says it. So, um, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he's being manipulated by a ventriloquist. But, you know, whose voice is actually coming out of his mouth? Maybe, maybe his voice or his words. And uh, there are those who say, well, it's very clearly um, his handlers right, who are doing that. Um, so it's not always the front men who are actually the, the powers that be. And uh, there are the, those behind them and those behind them and those behind them who ultimately are uh, controlled by uh, powers of darkness right, in high places in the world right now. That is why we have to keep our faith. But one of the most important things we have to do is be true to our moral principles. And this is why people are asking for these letters of, recommenda of, of recommendation for religious exemption. Uh, because they're trying to be true to the faith as they know it, and as they understand it, and the moral principles of their conscience, and they're willing to pay the price to be faithful. So God bless them for it. I'd like to help them every way I can. Mm -hmm. Father, just um, <clears throat> one other point on this. I think you, you kind of touched on it, but um, in regards to the vaccine, even, uh, you know, we touched on the, the abortion question and and, uh, and the other one about the, the health concerns. But also another one, you, you've kind of mentioned this before, but um, just with with the way that it's being mandated and, and forced upon us. And like you said, everyone has to get this and um, it's becoming almost like a a necessary uh, prerequisite to, to participate in society. Um, do you think that, that this is something that's kind of, that it's, it's leading to, to the mark of the beast? Uh, I do. Thing where, where we I think ultimately it's leading in that direction, toward the mark of the beast. Yeah. And so we should resist it on, on that grounds as well, that this is leading... Well, yes. I mean, one can argue that from a theological and eschatological point of view. Uh, I believe that's true, and that's another reason why I think we have to take our stand now, here, and not say, well, uh, I'm not in a position to lose my job, so I've got to go ahead with this, but I'll, 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 I'll stand for the next thing. I'll stand for the next, right? Well, I heard people say that back after Vatican II. I heard priests say that. Well, they've changed this and they've changed that, but boy, if they change that one thing, that's it. You know, I'll put my foot down and I'm not going to go along with it. Actually, I heard a priest say, Boy, I've seen them take the altars and turn them on tables, and I've seen them do this and that, but when they take out that communion rail, that's it. I'm, I'm finished. It, you're right, they weren't. They went along with it. It just gets easier as you go along. Go along with it. And I mean, today, it's maybe those mom and dad who have jobs, you know, mostly dad. I hope mom's taking care of the kids if they can make it on dad's salary, but now dad's salary is being threatened, right? And, and so they might say, well, we have no choice, we've got to give in here. They've got to realize that once they do, the next step is the kids. They're coming after the kids. They're getting vaccines ready to inject the kids, and they're going to insist that the kids have them. And if you try to stop them, they're going to take the kids away from you. That's the next step. They're already doing it. Some are already doing that. So, you know, we're not just speculating where this is going. We have actual practical examples of where it's going. So I ask you, where are you going to draw the line? Where are you going to, where are you going to take your stand? So I think if there's going to be resistance here, uh, I think it has to be 
uh, anywhere. <laughs> it has to be here. Um, there's an old saying, evidently, that uh, you can vote your way into socialism, but you have to shoot your way out of socialism. Because once socialists get in power, they don't give up power. Okay? Well, God forbid that should be the case here. But, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi is, is um, just fixated on this idea of January 6th, the so-called insurrection. It's, it's absurd. It wasn't an insurrection. <laughs> Even the, the compromised FBI has stated that they found no evidence of weaponry. You know, they uh, they called it the so-called insurrectionists. That's some insurrection, right? Uh, they show up without weapons. As though, oops, we I knew we forgot something. Did, 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 didn't you make the list? You know, did you forget to put the weapons in the in the trunk? I mean, it's absurd, right? Um, but they're getting to the point with uh, President Biden here with, with what happened in Afghanistan. And now he, the the chief of staff, the joint chief of staff, uh, Milley. Um, actually coming to light that he was actually in contact with his counterpart, <clears throat> General Lee, in China, reassuring Lee that he would not allow Trump to launch any attack, to use his power as, uh, uh, to use his power to launch any attack against China, uh, that, that uh, Milley would prevent that from happening. And he would, if uh, Trump uh, made any move to attack China anywhere, I mean, in any way, um, that he, Milley, would uh, notify the, the army, uh, the, basically the, the Joint Chief of Staff, uh, Staff equivalent, the Chinese Communist Army, ahead of time, to let him know what the, uh, the plan was of the United President of the United States of America. And um, we get the news and think, well, gee, that's... That's too bad, you know. Uh, is this treason? If it isn't, I don't know what is. I don't know what is, but treason doesn't even mean anything anymore to these people, right? Um, so, I mean, this is, this is the situation we're in right now. Uh, we've been so completely debased as a society that not only do most of the people actually cheer this, uh, many, many would, would, you know, cheer Millie on saying, oh, that was wonderful what you did there, you know, how courageous or whatever else. And those who, who are horrified and say, this is absolutely unacceptable, this is treason, uh, are impotent to do anything about it, or maybe even care enough to do anything about it. We just sail on, right over the edge, right, right, right into the abyss. So, um, I, what I fear is that there'll be so many people in the United States of America who know that there was no insurrection on January 6th, but who wish, would wish there was. Who would wish there was. That, 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 in other words, they would wish that what Nancy Pelosi is saying actually was true. <laughs> it's not. But they would wish it was true. That there had been an insurrection on January 6th. Um, it sounds to me as though even more and more Democrats are beginning to think along those lines, you know, that they wish President Biden had not um, uh, seized power, you know, taken power. So anyway, I, I you know, I, I just don't want this, this to end badly, you know. Um, so that is why we we really have to pray we have to pray to god with all our heart and soul to rescue our country um 
rescue our whole race against uh, what they, the plans they've made for us. Um, it's a very, very dangerous time. You know, have to be very, people have to be very careful about every, not only everything they say, but every move they make practically, because uh, not only uh, are they being surveilled all the time, you know, by those who don't want them to have any freedoms at all, but they can also be tempted to do things and say things that are very imprudent and, uh, and dangerous now. And so they have to be very careful not to take any action that would make things worse. Mm -hmm. Well, Father, I uh, wanted to take a few minutes to um, ask you some viewer questions mm -hmm. in regards to this uh, topic we've been talking about in the vaccines. Um, one viewer asks if it is permissible to use mental reservations with regards to being questioned about uh, the COVID vaccine. She says, for instance, dental offices and other places are now questioning our vaccination status. So can we say that we are vaccinated and think to ourselves, quote, we are naturally vaccinated because of herd immunity? Well, I don't think you can say you're naturally vaccinated because of herd immunity. Is My understanding is that you can be naturally vaccinated in a sense. If you had to have natural immunity, um, well, I guess there are some who have it, um, they say type O blood gives you a certain amount of protection against it. T cells, there are certain people who just don't seem to come down with it, or if they do, uh, have the virus present in their bodies, it doesn't produce symptoms, right? It doesn't make them sick. Uh, there are many, many people like that. Um, but I, I think as far as natural immunity, most of that would come from having had the virus and fought it off, and your immune system actually has now the antibodies to defend you against it, right? So I don't know if one could say, well, you know, because of herd immunity, I'm immune from the virus. Uh, that doesn't register with me anyway. Maybe a virologist or immunologist would say otherwise. Right? But in any case, um, if you know, could you use a uh, broad mental reservation if you are challenged, but yes, you could. What, what is a broad mental reservation? Well, a broad mental reservation, uh, as opposed to a strict, a strict mental reservation is just an all, about, no, not a lie. It's just a bald-faced bald lie. You know? But a broad mental reservation is answering a question evasively by essentially giving what any rational person would know is a, is a non-answer. If I were asked what somebody told me in confession, I could very justly say, I have no idea, I don't know. Um, even though I might know very well, at that, even at that moment, I, I could say, I don't know. Why? Because everyone knows priests are bound to secrecy in the confession. They'd be excommunicated for violating it. There are priests who died as martyrs rather than breathe a word of what they were told in confession. And uh, so, I mean, any reasonable person would know I couldn't tell them anyway. Now, if, if they ask me the question, um, did so-and-so say this in confession, did they tell you this? Well, I, I might be saying, well, no, they didn't, okay? When, yes, they did, right? Well, even in saying, no, they didn't, I'm revealing what they didn't say in the confession, right? Uh, even if it's contrary to, to the fact that what they said, did say, it'd still be violating something there. So, the answer really has to be just, I have no idea, I don't, I don't know. Um, if uh, a doctor were asked, you know, by, and, and nurses, according to HIPAA regulations now, it makes it even law, a matter of law, 
um, you know, is this, does the patient have this disease or that disease or what is their status in this? Um, or even vaccinations. I mean, that, that's all privilege information. And they could be prosecuted for violating that secrecy. And um, that's why Governor DeSantis down in Florida has imposed a $5,000 fine even to ask somebody you know, in the workplace, have you been vaccinated meeting with one of their magic elixirs, uh, magic potions, that even to ask makes the questioner or the company in whose, on behalf of who's asking the question uh, subject to a $5,000 fine every time something like that is asked. So, uh, because it's a violation of the HIPAA regulation. So, in any case, um, so you, you have a broad mental reservation where someone has no right to know and you have an obligation not to tell them. So, that's part of a broad mental reservation. Um, so, um, the point is, basically, it comes down to that you can give an answer that is contrary to fact, but in such a way that any reasonable person should know that it is a non-answer, that you're not really answering the question because you can't. Okay. I stress now uh, to children and their families, whether they be 3, 13, or whatever age, uh, when it comes to your parents, you cannot use broad mental reservations because your parents have a right to know. They have a need to know the truth. So don't invoke broad mental reservations with your parents. It doesn't work. Um, can one use broad mental reservation when answering questions about this vaccination? Absolutely. I mean, not only according to the moral law, but even according to the civil law. <clears throat> they can go ahead and, uh, you know, if somebody says, well, have you been vaccinated? You can say, yes, I've been vaccinated. Uh, measles, mumps, and rubella, you know, the NMR, and whatever else. And even if one should say, like the governor of uh, Washington now, what's his name, Inslee, or whatever his name is, he's a, I think he's a leftist, maybe even a Marxist, not a Marxist. He's uh, raised the question about these uh, religious exemptions now, saying, well, if you've received the other vaccinations, and they were derived from the cells of aborted fetuses. Well, how can you now say it's against your conscience to receive these vaccines? Actually, uh, he, he's actually had people in Washington asking those very questions. Um, and of course, you know, one very, very easily and truthfully say, if they're going to answer that question, well, of course, you know, you slipped that past me. I had no idea where those vaccines came from. And I'll tell you, if I'd known, I would never have gotten them. But now that I do know, now I have a moral obligation to say no. So he thought he was very clever in setting a trap, but, you know, these leftists, just like the Pharisees of old, you know, trying to trap our Lord, they, they could never really, uh, you could never really trap a truthful person. You know? They can only trap a liar, but they couldn't tra trap a truthful person in there because they think like liars and their traps have holes in them. But in any case, um, one could one could give a broad mental reservation to avoid that, yeah, perfectly morally. Um, I, well, I guess that more or less answers yeah, the question, okay. I hope. Oh, that's good, yeah. Okay, um, well, another question, Father Ish, uh, from a viewer who says that his wife and his uh, brother-in-law are both doctors, and in regards to the uh, COVID vaccine, they convinced them that it was a safe thing to do and that uh, 
pros outweigh the cons, so to speak. And so he went ahead and got the first shot. Um, after that, he began to look into it a little more and found uh, some of the negative information about it. Um, but he asked, Father, do you think that, that perhaps um, all of the anti-vaccination rhetoric that we hear, do you think that it's a bit over the top, uh, perhaps, and that we're just merely kind of venting some frustration uh, about the left, and so we are um, kind of using this vaccine as a scapegoat, kind of, and, and exaggerating some of the negative. I don't. Th I don't think so. Yeah. I think there are reliable voices out there who have nothing to gain and everything to lose by uh, exposing the dangers of the vaccines. As I mentioned, I mean the, the vaccine adverse event reporting system itself, you know, is is actually I think it's on the CDC website even. Um, so it's an official government venue right there. So, uh, no, I, I don't think uh, people are just making this up to stir up trouble. I think they're really trying to sound the alarm that there's something wrong. And, uh, in fact, you know, I, I don't think anybody's denying this, any, any side of the issue, that there have been more adverse events reported with these so-called vaccines than with all the other vaccines produced in history. Combined, right? Uh, so, uh, no, I think there's a serious problem here. Um, and I, I do believe uh, much of what I've heard. You know, Tom, some of this gets back to what you were saying. But why would, you know, the doc doctors be doing this? I mean, the doctors. Well, we look at what doctors were doing in Nazi Germany. Um, and because of the propaganda, you know. So am I saying that our doctors have turned into Nazis? No. I'm just saying that they can be influenced. There are plenty of doctors who are not supporting this at all. There are plenty of doctors who are opposed to this whole enterprise. And there's, they're trying to sound the alarm, but they're being silenced. They're being fired, right? They're being canceled. There are plenty of doctors and nurses. I think the single um, percentage-wise greatest opposition to the vaccines are among nurses. Uh, nurses and doctors in America. I, I think nurses and doctors in America, because of what they know, are uh, to a great extent adamantly opposed to, to get, taking it themselves, allowing their children to be quote-unquote stuck with this stuff. <laughs> and uh, I think they're marshalling their forces to defeat this. You know, it's not only America's frontline doctors, it's uh, frontline doctors uh, FLCCC, I forget exactly what it stands for, but they, and there are others too, uh, associations of doctors that have banded together to try to unite their forces against this travesty. It's not medicine, it's, it's politics. It's, it's all politics. I mean, when you, when you make healthcare subject to politicians, it's not about health and it's not about caring. It's about polit politics. And you make healthcare a matter of business. It's not about health. It's not about care anymore. It's it's a matter of business. You know, politics poisons everything because you get veto people in there who are looking to make a buck, and they can justify. Anthony Fauci is held up as a prime example of this. Uh, a man who has his finger in so many pots right now. Um, and is actually benefiting largely from this whole thing, this whole thing. 
No wonder he has such a grin on his face when he's talking about all the things that are being done to us. He seems to be enjoying it, right? But in any case, um, you know, I think to some extent we might all be, I know I am, I, 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 maybe I should just make this subjective here. I feel very much let down. Personally, I feel very, very let down. You know, there's a, there's a syndrome among children who are abused. That when they grow into adulthood, they have a real, brown well, maybe hatred, but at least a resentment against their abusers. But they might even hate and resent even more the adults who could have and should have protected them and did not protect them. I mean, there's, there's stories about boys and girls who grew up, and as young adults, they were furious against those who abused them. But they, their, their, their greatest fury was directed toward the parent who knew that this was happening and did not stop it, and let them be abused. Because they just, as a child, you know, had this trust that this parent loves me and he knows what's happening and this parent will, will protect me and they didn't. And I, I actually feel somewhat the same way toward our own doctors. Our own doctors in, you know, just our community, our communities, who should be looking into this, who should be looking into this, should be studying this, not just, well, whatever the CDC says, that's what I follow, right? Whatever the NIH says, that's, that's my gospel. I consider that to be like a parent who should be there to protect their patients, uh, to protect their communities, by, by going out of their way to make sure that uh, they're not being damaged, injured, in killed by these things. And they simply brush them off and treat them as though they're, they have the mentality of insects, they understand nothing, and uh, just trust me, everything's fine. There's going to be a, a very serious price to pay. I mean, people have long distrusted their politicians. <laughs> it's part of the American way, right? Bind down the government with the change of the Constitution. <clears throat> Bind down. And we have to, Joseph Biden should be bound down by the change of the Constitution. Nancy Pelosi, right? Chuck Schumer. They should all be bound down by the change of the Constitution. That's how our founding founding fathers saw this. You have to bind them down to that by chains. That's what they want to do to us, though. But I think in the course of time, you know, people have also come to mistrust business, okay? Because they see these gigantic conglomerates and the billionaires now as being their enemies who want to uh, basically declare all of us their enemies because we're not cooperating with their grand scheme. I think the next group that's going to lose so much credibility is the, the, the medical professionals. That the uh, many of the um, people who trusted them and confidence in them are going to lose lose that confidence and not trust them, and uh, that would be tragic. That would really be tragic 
it came to that. Would it be their fault? Insofar as they decided to become minions of big business and minions of politics, yeah. If they want to be agents of politicians and agents of businesses, and then they stop being medical professionals, it would be their fault. And I fear that soon after that, it would be the law enforcement. If they're going to be, be the henchmen of the politicians, then, uh, you know, people will come to just see them as extensions of tyranny and uh, kind of the heavies of uh, basically crime syndicates. Now, God forbid that our medical personnel should ever lower themselves to serve that purpose. But I am very disappointed that they're not, more of them are not rising up, that so many of them are simply acquiescing to all of this and patting us, the rest of us, on the head and telling it, just be quiet, be quiet, everything's fine, you know. Um, and, um, and not actually taking the time and the effort to actually find out what's going on. Uh, and if they have a good answer and we're wrong, they should be able to give it to us. They should be able to explain it. But we have serious questions that demand serious answers and we're not getting them. We're not getting those answers from our medical people, whom we trust, whom we know and trust. We're just not getting those answers. <clears throat> and God forbid that our law enforcement uh, men and women should uh, basically sell themselves to the devil, as it were, to be become the uh, the heavies for political agendas. Um, so again, how can how can we prevent that? Graces are necessary. I mean, God's grace is necessary. There's pressure on these people. There are pressures on our medical personnel. There are pressures being brought to bar and our law enforcement personnel. And we have to pray for them, very seriously. We have to pray for them. We have to appeal to them. We have to write to them. We have to talk to them. Um, and they have to be words of faith to remind them, you know, of the, the, uh, imp their importance in our society. I mean, none of this could be happening without the collusion of the medical personnel and the law enforcement personnel. This could not be happening right now unless they were being used to enforce this. So we, we, we have to pray sincerely and, and steadily for them. And we have to support them. I guess that's it. We have to speak to them in such a way that we support them in their faith, their dedication to, their, to God, to, to family, to country. That has to be our message to all of them. If we don't do that, then we're failing them. And if we don't go to our doctors and tell them, Doctor, I'm not satisfied with this answer. I'm very concerned about this. I have some very good questions. I think people are raising some very serious questions that deserve good answers, and you're not giving me those good answers. Who do I go to to get good answers and not to you? Uh, if I can't trust you, who can I trust? Right? My family doctor. You know, I need you to look into this and find out, answer my questions. Well, I think we need to do that. Huh? But, of course... Um, if we're going to approach them this way, we have to pray. We have to pray. We can provide the external graces for them by the example and the words. But only God can give them the internal graces to move their hearts, their souls, to be faithful to Him. <clears throat> and uh, not to be, um, 
I don't want to use a bad word here, subverted or perverted by politicians, by godless politicians. Mm -hmm. Well, Father, anything else you'd like to add before we close tonight? That faith, it all comes down to that, right? Faith. We see what happens when faith is lost, hope is lost, charity is lost. People start trying to use their money and their political power to pretend that they are the new gods, right? That's what happens when you lose faith. That knee means that we have to have the strongest faith we've ever had. Our faith has to be stronger than ever. In Christ the King, in our Lord's dominion over all mankind, that he will judge and he will execute judgment against all mankind, over all mankind. We want to be with him, right? The beautiful prayer we pray, I, I wish I had the card with me now, of the holy face of our Lord, the invocation of the holy name of our Lord and the holy face of our Lord. And we ask uh, God the Father to look upon the face of our Lord as his mouth opens to plead our cause from the cross, right? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As we ask the Father to regard the face of our Lord and see the tears of our Lord shed for us, pleading for us. So they're very powerful prayers there. We have, we have those available. And uh, I want to, you know, everyone to be praying that. We pray that daily now uh, as part of our Thanksgiving for the school. The students pray that prayer. Uh, and I would like to make that as widely spread as possible. And uh, I, I thank one of our dear listeners, actually from New York, who actually directed us in that way with the Golden Arrow uh, devotion and so on, uh, the book. And... Uh, um, so anyway, uh, I would just close with that. I do ask your continued prayers for Father Greenwell, who is beginning to recover by the grace of God. Father Baumberger, uh, actually some months before him, went the same route and became gravely ill, but now he seems to be doing much better. I attribute her prayers. My Father Buckley also needs prayers. There are other priests around the world and not associated with me or necessarily with the congregation of St. Pius V, but there are other priests who desperately need those prayers too, who are quite ill. And I ask prayers for Mr. and Mrs. Lorenzano, who are ill. Mr. Lorenzano, greatly so. And um, the mother of Rita Davidson, a long time, a very faithful listener too. Her mother has been sent home from the hospital, they think, to, to uh, spend her last days, but hopefully they will be blessed. Please, we have to pray for that in any case. <clears throat> but there's so many others who need our prayers too. So I, I ask you to just pray for all of those. <clears throat> if, even if you just say, please pray for all the intentions that have been given to our priests. People asked for our prayers. Believe me, there are, there are lots of them. But uh, God knows who they are and he'll bless every one of them for your prayers. And bless you for them too. Absolutely. Father, thank you for being here tonight. Appreciate oh, your time. Certainly, Tom. Thank you. Yep. God bless you. Thanks to all of our viewers as well for watching this episode of What Catholics Believe. Until next time, we ask that you all remember the words of Our Lady at Fatima as you consecrate yourselves and your families to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and to pray and do penance. Thank you and God bless you.